I don't want anyone to know, though. <laughs> well, do the thing. We can just be happy and chill. That's what we do. That's all we have to know. That's the LLs. That's all we have to know. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Literally Literary. With us, as always, Mr. Sean, Sean Vaughn. I am Joey Bonnier, and here he is. I don't think he's going to be dying. Sean O'Brien. <laughs> Hi, guys. That Sorry. wasn't <laughs> one of your best. I know. I was best for five seconds of thought. <laughs> as is all of our wants, sir. Um, I don't know. How are we doing, boys? I'm good. You're yeah. happy? Yeah. Chilling, as the kids say. Like yeah. a villain. Like Magellan. We got food coming. I'm Magellan excited. Magellan does not rhyme with villain. The, oh, Jellin like Magellan. Yeah. yeah. You're Jellin like Magellan. Chilling like a that? villain and Jellin like you, Magellan. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. harder otherwise. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What's what are we doing? It's de- well, I, I'm trying to figure out when this episode shows oh, up. Oh, don't even... Don't even worry your pretty little head about it. Well, I feel like it's like early October, so it should be a horror episode, but I don't have that. Uh-oh. Can we release it earlier so it's like an end of summer episode? God, I, so much. I don't really care either way. It doesn't matter to God. me. Well, all right. Let me just say A or B then. I'll ask you guys A or B. Okay. B. B. Okay. Problem solved. So, I have... He's Sean O'Brien is <laughs> leaning down for his yeah. stack of books. Tender sure the Night by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Man, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, Flappers and Philosophers by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Man, F. Scott Fitzgerald. The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Man, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, Tales of the Jazz Age by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Man, F. Scott Fitzgerald. This Side of Paradise by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Man, F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> and I have um, The Beautiful and the Damned by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Man. F. F. Scott And finally, I have uh, oh, West I thought of, that was the end. Sorry. Have, <laughs> West of Sunset by Stuart Onan. Man, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Do it, Anon. Oh, well, I guess it was the end. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Onan's uh, West of Sunset. Uh, I guess, yeah. Well, had we actually ordered the Indian food like the uh, the dice told us to, I would have gone with the Anon. But, uh, oh, Stuart. Oh, none. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know anything about F. Scott Fitzgerald. Well, oh. the easiest way to learn about F. Scott Fitzgerald would be to read some to Stuart O'Nan for some reason. <laughs> he, he seems to talk a lot about him. Really? Is this a thing? West of Sunset literally is about uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald's last days living like a block away from me. Oh, wow. Huh. Pretty That's cool, right? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Wait. So he moved to Los Angeles to. Yeah. Well, basically, like all the writers back then um, wanted to move out to LA because that's, you know, Where movies were all the gangbusters. Yeah, so yeah. Hollywood, you can make some money out there. Ah. And so Hemingway, Fitzgerald, Faulkner, they all literally moved out to like around me to start drinking. Hmm. At the, um, it was called the, um, the Garden of Ella. It was on the corner of Sunset. The Garden of, I'm sorry, what? Garden of Ella. Ella. Allah. 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 What was oh. I saying? Ella? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. The Garden of Allah, mm. um, which was on the corner of Havenhurst and Sunset. Um, and it was just this weird oasis. It was like a house that was built by this old silent movie star. Uh, it's sort of a Sunset Boulevard type of thing. Mm. Um, the movie. And not the actual thing, which this is vaguely based on. <laughs> it's not either way. Um, 
this old silent movie actress like sold her residence and turned into a weird hotel. Mm-hmm. So all the movie stars would just in the forties would just go out and hang out there. Um, and yeah, Scott Fitzgerald lived in that area, stayed there. Um, he, his girlfriend moved to Hayworth Avenue. He lived on Laurel Ave, um, which is literally the next block over or mm-hmm. two blocks over. There was, um, Crescent Heights, which splits those two. Mm. Uh, and he lived there. there were his last apartment that he lived there. He, the whole time he was trying to write, I think it was Tender, of the, Tender is the Night. Um, anyway, this, this book is about that. Stuart Onans. Um, it came out like, I, I read it, I don't know when I read it. Um, like two years ago, I guess, maybe last year. Oh, so it didn't inspire you to move where you moved? Oh, God, no. No, I actually had no idea. Really? I didn't even know that all these guys, like, chilled there and, mm. you know, this was the end of this, like, the basically all the modernist Americans, <laughs> like, moved Spent out to my neighborhood and fucking your... died. I'm like, <laughs> the, mm. we, we post-postmoderns wake up, have no idea what's going on. It's a monument to the death of postmodernism. 2015, yeah. So I read it basically when it came out. What was your question, Joey? I'm curious about the lives of these guys. Like, uh, which ones are more of a character than the people they write about? Like their actual real life, I don't know. probably Hemingway. Yeah, maybe crazy character. Well, no, not. I mean, yeah, yes and no. Which one was like, more larger than life? Is yeah, that, I guess yeah, kind of. That seems to be your question. Yeah, I yeah, I go Hemingway. I mean, you know, like Fitzgerald's life's pretty wild, but um, what about Oscar Wilde? <laughs> uh, but I like how I like how they, sort of wild, not as much. So mm. he was just kind of a go ahead. I like how they all just like congregated. I think it's so interesting. I mean, it's, it's almost like um, Harlem Renaissance kind of stuff, or really anything, you know, London or Paris or wherever the fuck Any, it is. Well, they're all the 1920s. That's what I'm saying. Every well, single thing you mentioned is like 1920s. That's true. Well, it's may, all why this is there weird, weird well, maybe the, yeah, yeah, I think it's actually more common back then. Like now we just find our group on the internet that uh, agrees with what we agree with. But yeah. like back then, if you wanted to start a community, you actually had to like hmm. get up and move and true. start a community. Well, let's just go to it. Who wants to read West of Sunset? Okay. I'm reading. I'm going to pour myself some, 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 uh, probably brown. I don't know what it is. Some rye, I think, while Mr. Boner starts reading. Thank you. you, Go, girl. Wow. Uh, I apologize if I'm not as good as Sean O'Brien. Oh, stop it. I can't be. Um, Yeah. Okay. I'll just start. Yeah. West of Sunset, a novel. Stuart O'Nan. Hmm. Oh, Nan. Once again, to Trudy. Hmm. There are, there are no the, second... Uh, Go ahead. No, I little bit on Facts of Life. <laughs> I actually never oh, seen that episode. <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be a Trudy on TV. I feel like there's a Trudy. Um, Is it like a Cosby Kirk, show? Kirk Cameron show? Oh, Trudy? yeah. Fuck. No, that's Rudy. That's Rudy, yeah. Okay. okay. I didn't hear the T. Sure. It was a silent T. Yeah. Anyways, the next page, he quotes F. Scott Fitzgerald. There are no second acts in American lives. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Nothing was impossible. Everything was just beginning. F. Scott Fitzgerald. West of Sunset. Chimney Rock. That spring, he holed up in the Smokies, in a tired resort hotel by the asylum so he could be closer to her. A bout of pneumonia over Christmas had provoked a flare-up of his TB, and he was still recovering. The mountain air was supposed to help. Days he rode in his bathrobe, drinking Coca-Cola to keep himself going holding off on the gin till nightfall, a small point of pride, sipping on the dark veranda as couples strolled among the, f- the fireflies rising from the golf course. Trumbo wrote in the tub too. Is that like a thing? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Is that like a writer's yeah. thing? I, I think so, yeah. Uh, it, it's not a thing. I actually didn't even realize it might have been a thing until mm. I had finished the book and I'm mm. like, I just need to sit in a bathtub. So- <laughs> 
That's the weirdest thing. That's fine. So yeah, there you go. It's the best I can answer. All right. I totally understand you now, Brian, about holding the book. Yeah, yeah right. Totally. It's it is, weird, right? It is annoying you as <laughs> shit. <laughs> what? It's like when you're acting. It's like, what do you do with your hands? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, so I need I, two so coffee I, cups. I'm, I just sink lower in my chair, mm. and then I actually kind of look over. Okay, it's uh, kind of what I do. I, I kind of cock like a little to, the to the side. Yeah, I think that's and, yeah, most people that's what I get. But then it's the it's the what do you call when you're like not talking directly into the mic? Side cocking? No, but like. Wow, like, they they call that corn mic co- etiquette corn or access or access. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, the, the, so it's I don't know. The, I don't know. Whatever. God, continue. Yeah. Okay. These mics are pretty decent off access. I'm going to sidecock for now, people. <laughs> the technical term. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, outside of town, Highland Hospital, Crown the Ridgeline, aspired Gothic palace in the clouds, worthy of of a bewitched princess. He couldn't afford it, as he couldn't afford the other private clinics they've tried. But he pleaded poverty and hashed out a discount with the trustees, begging the money from his agent, an onerous form of credit, borrowing against stories he'd yet to... Sorry. (laughs) Onerous? Onerous? Onerous. Onerous form of credit, borrowing against stories he'd yet to imagine. He had no choice. At Pratt, they left her too much alone. She'd strangled herself with a rippled pillowcase, nearly succeeding. The livid band across her windpipe, a reminder. Hmm. One night, while she was strapped... It's his wife. Mm. One night, while she was strapped to her bed, the Archangel Michael appeared, glowing, and told her the world would end unless she could move the seven nations to repent. She took to wearing white and memorizing the Bible. In her paintings, the face... What are the seven nations? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't remember. Mm. Okay, interesting. Maybe seven continents? No idea. That was my guess, too, but I'm not really sure. Seven nations. Yeah, look it up. She took to... Oh, yeah, I said that. Sorry. Um, maybe I didn't say this. She took to wait, wearing white and memorizing the Bible. In her paintings, the faceless damned writhed in fire. Writhed in... Wreathed? Writhed. 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 Oh, there we go. Uh, Seven Nations is a Celtic rock band formed in New York in 1993. Clearly that's not... <laughs> God damn it. The Seven, the seven <laughs> Nation Army. Yeah, the, the White Stripes song. <laughs> <laughs> At Highland, her new doctor believed in diet and exercise. No cigarettes, no sweets. Every day, the patient hiked a prescribed distance. Sturdy nurses spurned them on like coaches. She lost weight, her skin tented over her cheekbones, her nose a blade. Recalling that awful year in Paris, she whittled her body down trying to remake herself for the ballet. Yet not manic, not frenzied like then. Her knees bruised black, feet cracked from practice. After her insulin treatments, she was calm, subdued by sheer lack of energy. Instead of sinners, she painted flowers, big blowsy blooms, just um, as corrupt. Would it be the seven nations of the Iraqi Confederacy? I mean, I'm sorry, Iroquois Confederacy? That sounds more likely, uh, yeah. Maybe. The, so, the American, the, American, the seven, seven Native American nations. Yeah, yeah, so these yes, were like the, the remaining uh, Native American government around mm. the 1800s. Okay. I don't even remember what you read in the first place, yeah. but sure. I think yeah. it was like biblical or something like that, but okay. Okay. Oh. Anywho's. Uh, da, da, da. Weren't they supposed to be the thirteenth tribe? Yeah, that's not, what does that seven have to do with? It? I don't know. Not six, seven. Times two. Seven little trip monks. Anyway, just keep ranch, <laughs> eating all the sunflowers on my uncle's ranch. She could sleep now. She said, "A mercy he envied." Her curse of return, neat lines running like waves down the page, instead of a bunch slanted hand he'd come to dread. And this is an I- italic, so I guess this is her writing. Oh, goofo, goofo. 
Every day I think of the warm skin of the sea and how I ruined our eyes for each other. Guffaw? It says G-O-O-F-O, Gufo. You were angry and shut me in when I wanted the sun. Maybe I was never meant to be a salamander, just this thing they wrap in sheets and feed when the bell rings. I'm sorry I cost you all those cities, all those perfect boulevards with their lights burning down around us in the night. They spoke mostly by letter. Though he could see the hospital from the steps of the town library, he rarely saw her, which made her changes more striking. Dr. Carroll limited their visits, dolling them out like any privilege by a strict reward system. Weekends, weekends they might be allowed a few unscheduled hours together, strolling the grounds, even leaving the mountain for lunch at a diner or in a quiet corner of their hotel restaurant, tooling back up the, the winding rhododendron Rhododendron line drive. Jesus, that word is awesome. Rhododendron. <laughs> rhododendron. 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 It's, it's just a flower, right? Yeah. Rhododendron line drive in his roadster to the long sunset view at the top. But the week was reserved for the hard work of recovering herself. The patients woke before dawn like farmers. At nine, they played tennis. At 11, they painted. The idea was to keep her regimented, which he understood having disciplined himself to write write though otherwise his life had lost any semblance of order. At 40, by a series of setbacks he ascribed to bad luck, he'd become a transient. With Scotty off at her boarding school, he'd no longer had to keep a they house. They had those back then? Boarding schools? <laughs> he no longer had to keep a house. A relief, since it meant one less expenditure. Except now they had no home to go back to, their most cherished possessions given up to musty storage. He'd pared down where he could, and still there was no way he could pay both the hospital and Scotty's tuition. But, out of misplaced honor or plain delusion, he refused to skimp on his responsibilities. It would also be- because those are the two things the federal government won't let you forgive. <laughs> <laughs> Libertarians. It would be too easy. The land of second chance is my ass. <laughs> it's the American dream, Sean. Yep. It would be too easy. Every month, Zelda's mother petitioned him to let her come home to Montgomery. She wasn't ready if she'd ever be. His hope was that Dr. Carroll would help her get well so he could go to Hollywood and make enough to cover his debts and maybe- The dude's name is Zelda? No, his wife. Oh. Yeah. The dude is Link. Yeah. Link Scott Exactly, yeah. (laughs) His hope was that Dr. Carroll would help her get well so he could go to Hollywood and make enough to cover his debts and maybe buy himself time to write the novel he owed Max. You can't buy time, man. I'm sure so you do. Time. You buy it with time. What buy could you, time with time. Well, yeah, is that what, how you pay it forward? Yeah, what, can you, <laughs> what can you buy time with? What, what currency? Actually. Your life, kind of bitch. Everything. Yeah. Everything is <laughs> like, yeah, a job yeah. is buying with time. <laughs> God. Money is just the store of that time. There was interest at Metro, the promise of a thousand a week. But so far, Ober couldn't get them to commit. He had to be honest with Scott. The studio had concerns about his drinking, his own fault for publishing those mea culpas in Esquire. All March, he pestered Ober for word, assuring him he he hadn't touched a drop when his bottom drawer was heavy with empties. With Zelda, everything was a test. For their anniversary, they were allowed to take a day trip to Chimney Rock. He was to be both husband and chaperone, charged with cataloging her conduct, speech, and intake, observations he registered automatically, yet resented sharing as if after so long captivity, they had a shred of privacy left. It was a balmy Saturday, the dogwoods frilled with pink, 
the visitor's lot busy with gussied-up loved ones toting picnic baskets. Dr. Carroll himself delivered her to the front desk, handing her over to Scott like a doting father. Doting? Dotting? Doting. What is that from, doting? I've always wondered that. I don't know. Doting. Yeah, look that shit up. Because weird. It's like dot, but I don't get it. It's always for a parent, you know, a loving parent. Yeah, yeah. for anything else. You never say doting anything. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Anywho. In her 20s, baby-faced and petite, she'd seemed girlish. She'd been an athlete and a dancer, a notorious flirt. Her stamina and fearlessness, irresistible. Now, just shy of 37, she was pinched and haggard, crone-like, her smile ruined by a broken tooth. Some well-meaning soul had fixed her hair for the occasion, gathering the unruly honey-blonde mop back into a knitted black snood? Snood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what snood is. Which cat, which sat cat-like <laughs> on one shoulder. A style he'd seen on shop girls and waitresses, but one she would never choose, especially since it made her face even sharper, hawkish. The Carmine sundress was an old favorite, though it had faded from hard washing and hung on her, robe-like, the yoke of her collarbone hollowed, a sheer scarf knotted like a choker to conceal her throat. When he leaned down to greet her, she turned her face into his, her lips grazing his cheek. Thank you, she said, pulling away, <laughs> as if he'd done her favor. Gotta hate doing voices. So dote, <laughs> yeah, you're bad. <laughs> so doting is apparently Middle Dutch uh, for, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, oh, God damn it, I just, oh, don't be silly. Um, but apparently its current, uh, current meaning is an adjective, extremely and uncritically fond of someone adoring. Okay. I'm not going to do voices, by the way. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, but where, what's the origin of that, though? Like, what was Middle the Dutch. Sure, but like, from um, what? Um, uh, <laughs> Datin, don't be silly, to dote, act, or talk foolishly, Middle English. Okay. That's the, okay. The talk or act silly like sillily. The Middle uh, English, you know, definition is the one that kind of clued me in. Yeah, maybe it's like, yeah, don't talk, do, talk, dote, you know? Kept getting abbreviated. Well, yeah, it's like I mean, acting sillily. Yeah, the like, way I understand yeah. it is like, yeah. you know, you, you are... Uh, a, Total adoration, just a goofy, Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're just com- yeah. Uh, completely defensive without uh, any sort of... Yeah. Uh, a bumbling bard, just gone. Oh, <laughs> yeah. see, I, I was thinking of it as the third party removed. So you, you know, there is this person, but you are completely, um, uh, I guess, so on their side that you are, you know, just talking sillily about how great they are, right? Okay. You know, and then, sure. th- sorry. I'm on it. How's this going? Am I okay? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm doing a good job. You're doing amazing. Watch me, daddy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm literally asking you, daddy. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Oh, Dodo, happy anniversary. It always surprised him to hear her soft Dixie lilt coming from those, this wizened stranger. What's a lilt? Dixie lilt. Like a, it's a tone? Speech, it's like a, yeah, it's like a, an uptick in the yeah, speech. Yeah, the uptick is the thing. Like, uh, you can like lilt even with your body, though, in a yeah. weird way. Like, it's, it's almost even like uptick up in general. Like, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I understand. I understand. Kind of a southern thing. Cool. Uh, as if hiding somewhere, his fresh wild Zelda still existed. The doctor congratulated them. How many years is it? Seventeen, she said, looking to Scott to check her math. Seventeen years, he confirmed, nodding, uncertain if this fact was happy. The number was as illusory as their marriage. <laughs> as his wife, she'd now been hospitalized 
as long as not, and in fretful moments the question of whether she'd been mad all along and he, attra- and he attracted to that madness unsettled him. Enjoy yourselves, the doctor said. We will, she said, <laughs> and took Scott's hand, squeezing it as they walked through the vaulted lobby and into the bright day, relinquishing it only when he opened the car door and helped her in like a footman. In like a footnote? Like a footman. Oh. Oh. Kind of weird. A footman. Huh. A footman. Yeah, yeah like someone that like helps you up on a horse or something? Literally an usher. Just a footman, yeah. Like one, one who foots along with you. Oh. Ushers really? you. Yeah, like an usher. Okay. I assumed it was like, you know, the guy that grabs your boot to help you up on the horse. Uh, yeah. I guess that's a squire. I don't think so, yeah. I don't. I mean, maybe. There's like a, I'm sure there's plenty of weird militaristic okay. usages of it. Oh, I've never heard the term before in my life. That's oh, just what that conjured. Got it. Here we are. <laughs> oh, we're in Sean's room. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I've arrived. <laughs> Wherever you are, there you are. There you go. On her seat rested a present he'd bought at the hotel gift shop. Dodo, really, you needn't have. As he closed the door, he palmed the knobs, silently locking it. It's nothing, a token. That's how you grow hair in your palms. And here I didn't get you anything. She didn't wait, shucking the paper to reveal a shallow candy box. If this is what I think it is, you devil. You know I can't, pre- you know I can't resist peanut brittle. <laughs> pecan. Can? Pecan brittle. Ooh. <laughs> it's lovely, darling, but I don't think it's allowed. I promise not to tell. You'll have to help me then, to dispose of the evidence? Precisely. How quickly they were conspirators as if it were their natural state. Together, in another age, they'd been famous for their fashionable trespasses, the stuff of magazine covers and scandal sheets. And, perha- and perhaps because his fall had been less spectacular and far less punitive, at times like these, a nostalgic guilt prickled him. Pricked him. As if, impossible as it was, he should have saved her. Leaving grounds, he had the sensation that they'd escaped, though he knew it was exactly the wrong attitude to adopt. <clears throat> Once they were outside the gates, he'd like to pretend they were any other couple off the jaunt. Off on a jaunt. I love that jaunt. Why don't we say jaunt? No one's stopping you. I do all the time, oh, actually. Take a sip of drink. Talk. I'm just going to uh, jaunt across the street and uh, get some milk. Anytime I go anywhere, it's a jaunt. Mm. And then you pass me a John. Jesus Christ. I got John. Like the whole thing. A little John. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're just talking now oh because we're not supposed to. I need to do anything else. <clears throat> I love, that's your, I love how that's your default like, time waster. is just like cursing. Like, oh my God. A fucking well, God. I mean, my, my default position is just general disgust with the world. So I might as well express that in any time that I'm given. Sean, how are you liking this book? Yeah. Are you having fun? What's that? No. I mean, you I mean, know. I like it. What's, there's, there's nothing. There's, you know, there's nothing to like yet. That's right. You know nothing about S. Scott Fitzgerald. Well, he's kind of a cool dude so far, right? He's just hanging his wife's whatever. And... You know nothing, Sean. Yeah, I, I, uh, whatever. All right. Keep reading. He's, he's a dude. Him. He's cool. You should read the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> should I keep going? Okay, here we go. A similar denial applied to his driving. At Princeton, he'd been witness to a deadly wreck, and more than once, car- careering late at night. Oh, gotta be careening, but careening? It, it is careering. Hmm. Careering late at night over the darkened roads of Long you got Island. Paid to do it. Yeah, I guess it is careering too. Yeah, working, like yeah. the drudgery of it, rather than careening would be like going, you know, yeah, without off the yeah. rails yeah, completely. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, careering late at night over the darkened roads of Long Island or the Riviera. In the hands of stimulated friends, he'd been frightened for his life, with the result that, drunk or sober, he was cautious to a fault, going so slowly that he posed a hazard to others. Now, instead of guarding their new anonymity, he succeeded in attracting the wrath of everyone stuck behind them. 
Another driver held up both hands as he passed as if to ask what he was doing. Get off the road, you old fart. That's uh, usually me. A young twerp shot it. <laughs> it is you. Yep. <laughs> Except not young. Really no. old. Scott Still a twerp. <laughs> Scott waved them on. Beside him, squinting like a sailor, her scarf luffing in the breeze, Zelda sat with one elbow propped atop the door, pointing out the rushing streams and burgeoning pear trees. He broke his concentration on the road to murmur appreciation. Pears are stupid. Pears? You don't like pears? Yeah. Really? They're useless fruit. It's a fantastic fruit. Fuck that. Sean, Sean it's not fantastic. It's a, it's a bastard apple. It's an okay, yeah. Like it's it's a slightly weird apple. Yeah. It, which it, it has a unique taste. I like and it. Texture yeah, it's slightly and weird. weird. But ultimately, yeah. at its core, it is de- like there are many, many apples. There's only a few pears. And you're like, okay. Ironically, there's only like two. I think there's only two yeah. pears. <laughs> you know the apples that we do eat have to be like specifically bred. Like if you just tried to grow an apple tree from like an apple seed, you're most likely going to get oh, like yeah, really shitty that. tasting yeah, apples. Yeah, for sure. I knew that. Like, they're all just like mono fucking cultures of like three different apples that exactly. we happen to find. Yeah, that's what's so weird about oh, it. It's just kind of scary. I know. Yeah, that's the way. I mean, that's apples. I'm always fascinated how the 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 flavor of the actual fruit is so different than the flavor in the candy version. The uh, what you're weir- mm. you're weirded out by the fact that artificial doesn't taste natural. <laughs> weirded out. I mean, yes. I mean, I guess not really. I'm not, I'm not going off the rails here, but I'm just you know, pointing it out. I mean, we talked about banana before, right? I'm sure. Yeah, the flavor the of artificial banana has, banana. I grape. do not taste the flavor of banana when I have the like. Oh, but you know why that banana. is, right? Exactly what we're talking about, yeah. No, oh, there's something deeper? Yeah. Sure, what is that? So the uh, the banana that artificial banana flavor is based on is the old type of banana. Oh, like the but, like OG, like if you go to Africa, the the well, there varieties was, there of was banana a blight. Tasted. So those bananas couldn't grow anymore. So oh, we had to switch right. to a different type of banana. Right on. And the bananas that we have now taste nothing like the artificial banana. Yeah, I don't even be- know what like the the natural banana tastes like. Well, they're all natural. I mean, they're all like, sure, you know. Sure, but I, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, the like uncultivated, the unmolested. Exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. But there, I mean, there's that's everything that we eat, though. Everything yeah. that we eat has been cultivated for thousands of years to be what it is right now. We, you know, genetic manipulation as we think of it is something new, but, you know, it is something that we have actually traditionally done for the be- since the beginning of our you know, civilization. That's why I uh, like grape juice. Mm. In Brazil, the bananas are about half the size. They're really tiny. Mm. Right, exactly. Yeah, they're cute. That's all. Yep. Cute bananas, Brazil. Banana. Check it out. Google it. Those are chiquitas. Yeah. Uh, okay. After the pear trees, he broke his concentration on the road to murmur appreciation and steal a glance at the knob, still locked. <laughs> He's looking at a knob. <laughs> Once on a bluff above Cape Ferrat. Ferret? Ferrat? Whatever. She'd opened the door as they traversed a curve and stepped out onto the running board before he could stop the car. She laughed like a child playing a naughty trick. She was just angry over a remark he'd made to Sarah and Gerald about Marion Davies, or so he thought. To his shame, looking back, he couldn't pinpoint when she'd lost control of herself or how long it had taken him to notice. Now, he watched her closely, knowing from terrible experience that at any second she might lunge across and grab the wheel. She reclined and closed her eyes, Basking on her neck, peeking from beneath the thrashing scarf, was a freshly healed scratch the color of raspberry jam. When she caught him looking at her, she she stuck out her tongue playfully, then made a point of shifting her body to watch him. Down in town, they had to wait for the sole traffic light. You look tired, she said. I am. You're not drinking. I'm not sleeping, he said. Come spend a week with me. It'll do you wonders. Someone in this family has to work. Don't be a dodo, dodo. <laughs> Don't be a dodo, dodo. Come on. Mama can help. 
Let's let mama worry about mama. Mama gonna <laughs> knock you out. Oh, mama like, said knock you out. Yeah, mama said knock. Sorry. That's mama okay. said, mama said. Doing it and doing it and doing it well. They turn north, leaving Tryon, climbing into the mountains again, the air in the green hollows, cool and damp. They saw a sharecropper with a, lo- with a lop-eared mule plowing a hillside and a skirmish line of wild turkeys and a groundhog that scurried away as they approached, each diversion making it easier and more of an occasion to be together, as if in the future they might remember the day as a happy interlude. Not Is wanting- it really noteworthy that the mule had lop ears? Don't most sure. mules have lop ears? Or is that donkeys? I'm not a mule expert here. Yeah, Does lop eared make it a donkey? Is no. that like an old term for donkey? <laughs> I feel like you know more than us on this situation. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Don't you know about your asses? Ayo. Hi-o. Well, I know when you made a horse and a mule, you get a donkey, which is then sterile. But then, I, okay, sorry. That's okay. I was looking for your farm knowledge. Not wanting to set her off. Husbandry, yo. Set her off to no purpose. He postponed telling her about Hollywood. As with anything delicate, it was a matter of timing. Cowardly or hopeful, he figured, it would be a safer, he figured it would be safer once she was home. Today was another step toward that goal, and while he remained vigilant for the slightest sign, so far he was pleased. Equally tricky was the question of when to broach the possibility of Scotty coming down after exams. The last time they'd been together, in Virginia Beach, Zelda hadn't been right, and Scotty was annoyed and short with her leading to a blow-up on the boardwalk he foolishly tried to referee. Since then, he'd had to prod Scotty to write her, both apologizing for the circumstances and trying to instill in her a sense of duty he himself had never felt towards his own mother. Who traps Zelda? Is that King Koopa? No, that's Ganon. Mario. Yeah, so oh, never mind. Who, who's holding <laughs> Zelda then? Uh, I think it's Gandalf or something. Ganon! Oh, Ganon, there <laughs> we know, go. I'm kidding. Yeah. I was playing a nerd game. Enjoying level nerd things. No, you're just dumb. <laughs> Gandalf played by Patrick Stewart. <laughs> That's good. I love Star Trek. Thank you. Han Solo's really good in it. <laughs> uh, where was I? Okay. Okay. That they should reconcile had become a preoccupation, though how he might affect that was a mystery. So much of his life now was making arrang- arrangements, and he'd never been any good at it. Making arrangements? Yeah, me neither. Yeah. yeah. You guys good at making arrangements? Sean O'Brien? No. Sean Fah? No. Okay, we solved that. Otherwise, we'd have more guests on this show. Precisely. <laughs> I think we've had an okay uh, member, you know, number of white guys on this show. <laughs> they crested the summit and coasted over the far side. The road was switchbacked. Switchbacked. Yep. Yeah. It goes back and forth. Like when you're going up a mountain, you can't go straight up the mountain because it's too steep. Ah, so you go like at a slight incline and then like a slight incline. In the yeah, the only way yeah, to do exactly. that is to have a railroad, a railroad switch. Mm. Oh, holy shit. There it is. A pimp named Switchback? <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, it ain't easy here. Stepping down the mountain, hairpin turns giving on sheer drops. Oh, I got no respect. Tough crowd, tough crowd, tough crowd. Far below, neatly spitting the valley, lay a thin blue puddle of Lake Lure. Mm-hmm. They poked along, Zelda soaking in the view. A circus of hawks banked and tilted above the rocky outcrops. A circus of hawks, mm-hmm. Sean. Yeah. A circus of a hawks? A circus of hawks. Or like a murder of crows. God damn it, I want your sound effects. I don't have a sound make, effect for that. Oh, make a bird like... noise. You don't have that. No, I don't have bird sounds. Make a fucking bird sound. Circus of hawks? You're like, 
Banked and Circus of Oggs banked and tilted above the rocky outcrops. Mm-hmm. He was occupied with keeping the car between the lines, and he was surprised to find a red park tour bus looming behind them, surging closer and closer till it filled the mirror. The driver swiped his arm sideways across the windshield as if shooing a pesky fly. Shoe fly, don't bother me. Shoe fly, don't bother. It doesn't me. have that. Have I'm some in creepy love with meaning. somebody. I feel. Was what? What was your question? Oh yeah, so it is about adultery. Shoe fly. Shoe fly, don't bother me. I'm in love with somebody. Really. It's about I'm adultery. Somebody. Right? I'm in love with some. Don't, you know, it's like saying, I am about I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm oh. Shoe fly. Oh. I'm about I always took it very literal. Oh. Okay. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> it's a fly. Yeah. It's like, go away. Yeah. What about a bar fly? That makes sure. more sense, oh, but I don't think fly. that was a term. Zelda twisted in her seat. I think he wants to pull you out, pull, wants you to pull over. There's no room. He sped up slightly, convinced of his right to the road. He wouldn't be bullied into doing something stupid. He hunched over the wheel, concentrating, afraid to look back. He was going too fast to slip into the scenic turnoffs. And as the bus hounded them down the curves, brakes juddering, he wondered why, if the passengers were sightseers, they were in such a blasted hurry. At the base of the mountain, the road straightened out. (laughs) Regaining its shoulder, the bus flashed its lights. Still, he didn't yield. There. Do you yield, sir? (laughs) She prompted, pointing to a rustic country store ahead. Please, darling. He braked and veered into the unpaved lot, sliding sideways, raising a cloud of dust that settled around them as the bus roared past, horn blaring. He shook the back of his open hand at it. A curse they'd learned in Rome. Ought to have his license taken away. And that was good of me. (laughs) Their laughter shook. Yeah. Yeah. Her laugh, her laugh to shock them. Raucous. Ruckus. Ruckus? Ruckus? Ruckus. 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 Yeah. So, we you know, like it's spelled. Different. Ruckus. Yeah. I feel like it's a... Wait, so you're saying if you're having a it's ruckus... Uncle Ruckus. Maybe ruckus could work, yeah. Okay. Is it, Don't you guys watch Boondocks? Uncle Ruckus? Yeah. Like a long time ago when oh, it was on. It's a good show. I know. I agree. I just... I used to read the comic. It's one of the few comics. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's great. I forgot about that comic. His laughter, her laughter shocked him. Ruckus. Head tipped back from, head tipped back with delight. The gesture seemed false and histrionic, a typical symptom. What? Remember in Westport, used to say that all the time. Everyone should have their license taken away. (laughs) And then what happened? Everyone got their license taken away. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) He had his revoked for running their marmon into a pond on a lark with ring. What's a marmon? I guess it's a type of car. Jesus Christ. Marmon? M-A-R-M-O-N. It's capitalized, so it's got to be something. Um, Marmon into the pond on a lark with Ring. Ring, who was as dead as his mother. Ooh, it's a fancy car. <laughs> Is that really? Yeah, it's like a Rolls Royce looking sort of thing. Nice. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, it's got like white wall tires. Yeah, it's got like the, the extra tire, that it, the spare tire that's like up next to the, the tire wall yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing. And like, you know, kind of a uh, nice old Model T sort of cab looking thing, but like, you know, fancified. Yep. Fancy. Yep. It's a uh, fancy bread car. Those days. Where? Uh, there. Oh. Mm. In the heart or in the head? You shouldn't eat fancy bread in that car. You don't want to get crumbs <laughs> everywhere. True. Yeah. Boner go. They didn't have vacuums back then. <laughs> Did they not? I don't think they so. They must have had vacuums back then. I don't know. What year 1920s? Talking here? 20s? They were yeah, manual, 1920s. though. You had to, like, pump them with your hand. <laughs> <laughs> it 
one was like, did cranks and one did all those. It was like those big bellows that you would have, nice. like a big yeah. accordion bellows. <laughs> totally. Yeah. This might be the, I mean, like this current timing is the, the 30s probably mm. when this was like this this actual story that we're listening to. But. Yeah, see, it's the 30s. Ah, it's going to be the 30s. Eh? <laughs> I'm in the 30s, so I have to talk like this, ah, see? Before the war. <laughs> it was a different time before the war. It was a quiet time. It was modernism before the war. These days seem to belong. No, I would do it in the real voice. Ah, before the war. <laughs> Those days hmm. seemed to belong to another age. Another person he'd been. Heedless. Charmed. Thank you for reminding me. I'm sorry, Dodo. You're so easy to tease. Too easy. Oh, don't be cross. He wasn't. Not with her. It was humbling how quickly anger turned him into an idiot. I can definitely empathize with that. And he resolved, as always, not to let his frustrations get the better of him. A pledge that seemed even more timely when after apologizing, he swung the car. Holy shit, dude. You're not what? wrong. <laughs> the, the early vacuum was literally a fucking hand pump. It looks like a goddamn, uh, wow. it looks like a car jack attached to a couple of like, I don't know, like a, uh, like a bucket. It, it looks like a fire hydrant that's yeah. used as like the canister and like, yeah, some sort of like two like, like frying pans like turned sideways. And I don't know, it's a fucking weird contraption, but yeah, totally hand pump vacuum, uh, like 1901. Yeah, well done. Well done, people of 1901. Okay, I lost my place. Let me sorry. Where, where was. So talk for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. Manual vacuum cleaners. The hand pumps were uh, 1860 and 1869. The powered vacuum cleaner was uh, 1900. Okay. <laughs> Buy more time? Okay. Yeah, no, no. I'm <laughs> more enough. about vacuums. Okay. <laughs> I'll just go back for a second. He wasn't. The bagless vacuum. She said. <laughs> She said, oh, don't be cross. And he said, he wasn't, not with her. And, and the narrator says, he wasn't, not with her. It was humbling how quickly anger turned him into an idiot. Okay, blah, blah. I read this. Sorry. <laughs> uh, la, da, da. After apologizing, he swung the car past the open door of the log cabin and realized it was a bar, the neon darkness inside inviting. Back on the road, neither mentioned it. At Chimney Rock, the sun had brought out the throngs. Along one edge, Throng. the throngs. The throng, the throng, 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 throng song. <laughs> throng song, yeah. Yeah. Along one edge of the lot sat four tour buses parked nose to tail. We would be throng, the throng, throng, throng. Making it impossible for him to single out the culprit. He found a shady spot on the far side, head in against a split rail fence, as if he might hide the car. She waited for him to come around, letting him unlock the door and help her dismount. Oh, yeah, she did. Right, you dismount. It's amazing. <laughs> I like this marmon. <laughs> Among the dungaree, nice marmot. Yeah. Fucking marmots. Among the dungareed overall tourists swarming the walkways, they were strangely formal, dressed for the theater or the Philharmonic. Yet when they cleared the cherry trees and the great stone col- and the great stone column rose into the sky above them, pilled precariously as children's blocks, they stopped and shielded their eyes like everyone else. The rock stood alone. A chase of staircases stitching the cliff's face behind it. High up at the very top, outlined black against the wispy clouds, a narrow catwalk spanning the, f- the final gap. The profusion of tiny people clambering over the scaffolding remind him of an, reminded him of an ant farm. The idea of joining... An ant farm? <laughs> the, idea of jo- the idea of joining that mass dismayed him, and protectively, he thought of lunch. Wait, really? Protectively, he thought of lunch? Okay. Yep. She was, she was already heading for the stairs. Aren't you hungry? Come on, she taunted. And before he could argue, she was off. 
cutting through the other gawkers and taking the first flight at a gallop. He, her snood bouncing behind like a tail. Fucking what? Snood? Snood. Yeah. That's the uh, like a tubey thing that covers her hair. I thought, no. it, was the, I thought it was Hillary Clinton's thing. Uh, that, that's a sneeze. Sneeze oh, in her snatch? I know, I'm kidding. Yeah. He followed, trying to keep her in sight, but the doctor's regimen had worked. He wasn't entirely well either. Oh, snook. Snook in her sneeze. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was a long U. Yeah, it might be a. It might be a. The other thing I'm thinking of is like a. What's his fucking name? Doctor Seuss thing. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> totally different. <laughs> like the Lorax or something. I don't know. Like every, every snood has a thud or whatever. Uh, Kevin, it's a mouse. Sure. Yeah, he a lot of drugs. Every every sneed. The sneed has a sneed. Sneed. Anyway, continue. Sneeze, sneeze, me. Sneeze, me. Sneeze, me. Wow. Gotcha. The references are off the hook. <laughs> you, you're doing it, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well done, Tink. I love my Tinks. He followed, trying to keep her in sight, but the doctor's regimen had worked. He wasn't entirely well either. Run home, Jack. He spent... He spent too run home, Jack. He spent too much time at his desk, smoked too much, drank too much, and by the second turning, he'd lost her. He knew she wouldn't stop. It was a game. The higher I don't know why I said it like he that. Got game. <laughs> <laughs> the higher he climbed, already winded, the more he reassured himself that she was just being the old playful Zelda. He was sweating and shed his jacket, stripped Ooh. off his tie. Once in Macy's around Christmas time, Scotty had gotten away from him. Now he felt the same helpless panic. He kept on, using the banister to haul himself up, resting on the landings, peering skyward, hoping to find her laughing at him from the catwalk. His, his fear, I'm sorry, his fear, remote yet real, was that when he reached the top, she wouldn't be there, a crowd gathering where she climbed the rail and swan-dived. Once across the catwalk, he saw her immediately. On the catwalk, yeah. <laughs> Shakes a little too <laughs> It does sound like, um, oh shit, what's the guy's, uh, the Hallelujah guy's song? Leonard Cohen. Sure. On the catwalk. Dark, deep, dark voice. Okay. Gravelly. It, you're not talking it. about Right Said Fred? I do my little turn on the catwalk. Yeah, is this the... Uh, the, yeah, on the catwalk, yes, uh, my little tune. <laughs> the Johnny Cash but version not, but, of Right Said Fred. <laughs> <laughs> on the catwalk. I'll do my little turn <laughs> on the catwalk. I never heard the Right Said Fred song. Okay. You I'm should. too sexy for yeah. my everything. That's on the catwalk, they say? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Glad I haven't <laughs> heard that he song that much. He does his little turn on the catwalk. Yeah. Yep. Because he's too he sexy. He shakes his little for, tush on the catwalk. He, he's too sexy for his everything. Yeah. I haven't heard that song enough. It's too sexy for this song. No one's I ever heard said it that. that one time, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the catwalk. He says, like, just as many times as he yeah. says he's too sexy. Pretty much, yeah. He makes a lot of claims. Yeah. And, like, you know, assertion. Not a lot of delivery. Yeah, no. He's yeah. like, he's like I, you know, I believe I'm going to mumble. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Do you want to read? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I thought I could get away with that one. Um, Sean will read. Oh, okay. Oh, oh Sean Fall's offering to read. Lovely. I can take a break and relax for a second. Where the fuck were you? <laughs> <clears throat> You're getting old, Dodo. You always were faster than me. You should really take better care of yourself. I suppose that's partly my fault. I suppose you... I, I'm supposed to take care of you, aren't I? I'm afraid I've been a grave disappointment in that category. There were like three different people talking there. Uh, I, can, I can take care of myself. Not hardly. We're supposed to take care of each other, he said. I don't want to have to take care. I don't want you to have to take care of me. I just want you to go home. I just want to go home. I know. 
I've been good, haven't I? You have. So try hard. I try so hard, and then things go wrong, and I can't stop them. I wish I could. I know you do. You do? She asked. Of course. I'm the king of things going wrong. And I'm your queen. You are, he said. Because though the throne had sat empty for many years, and the castle, like the kingdom, long since fallen was... She was. Despite all the... Really? Despite all they squandered, he would never dispute that they were made for each other. On their way back to the catwalk, they came across a group of schoolchildren kneeling over sheets of paper, making charcoal rubbings. The rocks had embossed, the rock was embossed with fossils, trilobites, and skittlefish, evidence that all of this had once been underwater. They're beautiful, she cooed a judgment he automatically resented as sentimental. As she went from child to child like a teacher, praising each, he thought he, would, he thought he should be more sympathetic. Wasn't every world ultimately a lost world? Every memento a treasure? As a writer, he might believe that aesthetically, he might believe that aesthetically, but there, in real life, he didn't feel it. It was gone. It was gone. The descent seemed longer, and then, in a racketing cafeteria, they had to wait. The special was goulash with noodles. He made the comment that the food wasn't much better than the hospitals, expecting her to argue. She said nothing, kept chewing vacantly, as though she hadn't heard. He leaned over his plate and waved his fork to get her attention, even even then, it took an effort to rouse her from, her from the spell. I'm sorry, darling, she said. I'm just tired. He was so used to watching for signs, he understood. He was tired, too. Back at the car, the sun had moved. The pecan brittle had melted into a gluey mess, taking the shape of the box. You can wait till it hardens, he offered, then break it again. I shouldn't be eating it anyway. Once more, it felt like they were escaping, leaving the throng, the throng, 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 (laughs) and the crammed lot behind. They passed the log cabin with its growing rows of cars outside and climbed the switchback roads up the mountain at their own pace, stopping at the top to appreciate the view and the rarefied quiet, sharing an illicit cigarette. Far below the... Far below the trough of the valley, Lake Lure sparkled, sunstruck. A few stray clouds stra- dra- draped. No, a few stray clouds draped black shadows over the slopes, reminding him of Switzerland. Okay, hold on one second. Yep. Uh, let's you know, just like you in the book, let's start. let's take a moment to uh, appreciate the view. O'Brien, do you like this book? Yeah. Have you read it before? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. I like it too. I'm kind of curious where you think it lands on the Proust scale. It's like a seven. Seven. That's about yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, it's a book about yeah a, a bunch of books. Not even, it's like a book about an age. It's a cool story. I mean, but it's yeah, it's a little douchey. 
I mean, I, but I really any liked book it. about I mean, an author well, is well, going to be douchey. Sure, and that see the funny thing is, it's it's not that like Joycey and level deep. It's just about a lot of pretension. That's the problem. Like if it was pretentious in and of itself, it would rate the same on the Proust scale. But it's not. It, it's, it's not like, pretentious. It's it like just pretension appreciation. Pretension. It's like yes, you know what right. I mean. Exactly. Yeah. It's like looking at pretension and being like, ooh, it's kind of <laughs> cool. It? It's like something Obi would write. <laughs> I can't. I, yes. <laughs> yes. Pretension but appreciation. Like, but, I would, but I would make fun of pretension. Like, I make fun of pretension. That's I part of the appreciation, though. Sure, but like to tease it and to satirize it. Welcome to Literally Literary. Thank you for listening to another episode of Literally Literary. Remember to join all of us at, uh, check out all of our shows at uh, fawcast.com. That's F-A-U-C-A-S-T.com. We've got Going Down on South Park, uh, what, Politinkering, Text Before Calling, Wild Wild Westworld, and Literally, 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 Literally. <laughs> it's the one you're literally, listening to. The, the show you're watching and listening to right now. Literally, Literary. Yay. Join us, won't you? Bye. Bye. Uh, oh. <laughs>